Welcome to the MLB Extras White Sox podcast. I'm Anthony Kastrovitz, joined by Scott Merkin. And Merk, everybody in Chicago is talking about the guy who was visiting. He was in the building. You know what I'm talking about. You were at the Bears game when they clinched the NFC North the other day. I uh, was, I'm not talking about Manny Machado uh, visiting uh, the White Sox at USL there. I'm talking about you at Soldier Field. What was that like? No, let's, yeah, let's get the important stuff out of the way first, right? And then we can get on to the Manny Machado and Bryce Harper, yada, yada, yada. I'm kidding. Um, it was it was one of the better atmospheres I've been at for a Bears game. I used to, way back when in a different lifetime before uh, PSLs, I used to have season tickets there. And I was there in the uh, Eric Kramer, Curtis Conway, Jeff Graham era, which I guess shows my age at this point now. And, uh, I mean, it, it's amazing. It's amazing. I, I put this on Twitter the other day, and I'll probably incorporate it into an inbox at some point soon, but... I can't think of a Chicago athlete who's made more of an instant difference than Khalil Mack on the Bears. And I'm just saying in terms of his individual prowess, you know, I know uh, A.J. Brzezinski and Jermaine Dye and Scott Podsednik and Tadahito Gucci all came in in 05 and they won the World Series, and that's the ultimate goal. But that was more of a very good players with a great team. Marion Hosa with the Hawks, Rick Sutcliffe with the Cubs. People said John Lester. A couple people mentioned some people from this, from soccer, which I didn't really know. And uh, – you know, but I mean, Mac is unreal. Mac is, I mean, people triple team that guy and he still gets to the quarterback. And that's what the Bears are based on. You know, they have a decent offense, but their their defense is elite. And that could really get them further than people, I think, even imagine way back in August or July or whatever training camp started. Yeah, absolutely. They got the magic touch right now. We'll see what looms in the playoffs, but the White Sox. And just and just a quick side note: the Browns are rolling too in Cleveland, right? They're they're on fire. You're not kidding, Merck. I don't know. It's a brave new world where the Browns. I don't I don't know what. That's right. I don't know how to approach it. I've 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 made a career out of uh, making jokes about the Browns on Twitter. I don't know. I'm gonna have to go find a new hobby. Um, but yeah, as I said, the the Bears head into the playoffs. You, you ruined my transition, Merck. I was I had a great transition about the Bears going to the playoffs. White Sox right. trying to the playoffs. It actually wasn't that great of a transition. It's not a big deal. So. Uh, obviously, the White Sox are trying to make a gargantuan improvement in 2019, and uh, maybe Manny Machado would be a part of that. So he visited the White Sox, and this is on top of the White Sox uh, acquiring Yonder Alonso since we last spoke. Uh, they made that uh, inter – I always get inter and intro wrong, but they made that trade with the Indians within the division uh, to get Yonder <laughs> Alonso, who was not an obvious fit for the roster necessarily. Uh, obviously, he and Jose Abreu can share some time at first base. We'll talk about that in a second, but the main gist of it was – they got Manny Machado's brother-in-law, and obviously the dollars and the cents are going to make a, a lot more sense than anything else in this market, but it doesn't hurt to have a, a family member in the clubhouse as you're trying to you know, woo a, a prominent free agent like Manny Machado. Yeah, it's interesting because you know last week when we were in Las Vegas, the big talk was Bryce Harper and the Sox. And really, Bryce Harper was the main focus in terms of the big two because of the fact that Machado was doing these kind of recruit it's almost like a top college recruit right now you know it really is only with a lot more well you would think a lot more money involved uh you, you know Machado is went to the Sox Monday he's also going to visit this week the Phillies and the Yankees and supposedly there might be other teams involved who, who, whoever knows exactly the the parameters on that but yeah I mean they have interest in both there are some Sox fans who are have the ultimate dream that they sign both now I'm not sure if even with the great payroll flexibility they have this year and even better the next three years, if you want to tie up, you know, whatever it is, as a guess, $65 million a year in in two players. Now, granted, there'll probably be some opt-outs in there, so you can figure that in too. But, and I'm not sure if these players 
who are, you know, primetime guys who are brand guys want to share that brand with another player. So that's another thing to think about. Although I guess if Harper goes to the Dodgers, hypothetically, or Machado goes to the Yankees, certainly there are big stars there named, you know, Aaron Judge and Clayton Kershaw, to name a few. So, you know, it's an interesting thing. I mean, I've heard talk that the Sox are not going to be outbid. And then you hear other reports that, well, they're going to be measured in this. So it's just, it's so much information, including from people who, know someone who knows someone who played high school ball with Bryce Harper, who says <laughs> Harper is going to be in the White Sox or they saw Manny Machado and his family out at Gibson's last night. And he was singing the White Sox, you know, go, go White Sox song or whatever. I think that was actually Jake Peavy in Las Vegas years ago, but, <laughs> uh, but still it's, it's, it's an amazing thing. And it's something the Sox have not really been involved in aside from Jose Abreu and the time I've covered them. You know, I know they tried, they pursued Rodriguez, a, a- rod. I mean, Either Harper or Machado, and I really think a lot of people have been focusing on Harper because that's been the big talk, but I think either one, with no offense to Jose Abreu or Albert Bell or Carlton Fisk, probably rates as the biggest move in franchise history if they're able to bring him in just because of where they stand right now, the plethora of young talent they have coming, which even if you know a small portion of it works out, should make this team very solid, and just kind of the national brand and legitimacy uh, you give a team that deserves it because, you know, as Rick Hahn said, we, we deserve to have good things, you know, and as a matter of fact, one person suggests that to me on Twitter, that should be their slogan for 2019. If they sign Harper Machado, we deserve to have good things, which isn't bad actually. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting how this is going to play out and when it's going to play out. I mean, it could happen right. when we're done recording this, it could happen in January. We, we have, we really have no idea because there hasn't been a tremendous amount of information that's kind of really leaked out there in terms of tangible stuff, you know, that, Bryce Harper has been offered this. Manny Machado prefers this. Just kind of, you know, rumor and innuendo at this point. Yeah, Machado actually going and visiting teams, it, it just gives that illusion, uh, whether real or not, uh, that, that his market is, is taking more shape than Harper's, although Harper right. did meet with some teams privately at the winter meetings uh, in his native Vegas. But um, both of these could, you know, bleed into February for all we know because uh, – especially with, with Harper being a Scott Boris client, you know, that that's the history of, of letting things play out as, as long as possible. But um, yeah, I, it's exciting though, that the White Sox are in the conversation and our, our friend, Mike Petriello of MLB.com. Um, he looked back at every deal of, you know, a hundred million dollars or more ever signed. And actually nearly 40% of them came with teams that had a losing record the year before. So that kind of, you know, blows in the face of the notion that, you know, that, that players always sign with, with, with teams that are winning ball clubs. Obviously, that's not the case. Now, it's a little extreme on the White Sox side uh, because they weren't just below 500. They were well below 500 in, in right, 2018. Right. But, but sometimes this is how teams turn the corner is with the, the, the mega deal. And I can think of a couple examples in, in recent years. Like I think of Jason Worth, it, it's a lower number uh, than right. what the Bryce Harper contract would be. We think about when Jason Worth signed with Harper's Nationals and, and, and what a key that was to that club's turnaround. So... Well, um, I mean, you, yeah, we'll you live in a you live in Ale Central country there, and I won't give your exact address, partially because it's not fair, and partially because I don't know it. But <laughs> I mean, it's the division is there. You know, I mean, now the Indians may have helped themselves by trading Yonder Alonso and keeping it looks like they're starting rotation together. But I mean, you know, I, I know it's going from 100 losses to even 80 wins is a huge jump. That's 18 wins right there, or 500 is 19 wins. But I don't think it's that far off. Now, again, you don't know which Minnesota team you're getting from year to year. But Detroit and Kansas City are at the nascent stages of, you know, rebuilding. So they have a while before they get competitive. And the Sox have already kind of moved in that, you know, strongly in that direction. So it would be interesting if, you know, one guy or, I, I you know, miracles happen. I really do think it would be a, a something outlandish if both guys sign with the Sox. It really is interesting 
to see. And it's, it'll be interesting to see if the last dollar is what matters here. And will these two agents kind of wait for the and, and players wait for the other one to sign because you want to be the number one guy contractually, that kind of thing. But, you know, is it, you know, there's been talk that Machado really wanted to play for the Yankees. So let's say the Yankees offer less than the Sox. Is that still enough to have Machado, you know, go to New York or Harper, you know, is good friends of Chris Bryant. Doesn't look like it's going to happen with the Cubs, but maybe he wants to be on the a coast, like in Los Angeles, or it doesn't look like the Yankees are in there. Will that make a difference if it's less money than the Sox? So we'll see if it comes down to the the last dollar. And not that the Sox don't have plenty to offer, and Chicago is a tremendous city and it's a great organization. But you know, these guys, as we talked before on these podcasts, have preferences in their mind going into the whole process, and then kind of let it play out and see see what what comes in that they don't, they don't expect. So let's talk about. Let's say there's a universe where the White Sox don't add uh, Bryce Harper or Manny Machado, and that's a real okay. That's a, real, that's a realistic universe, of course. Sure. Uh, let, let's just talk about the merits of the Alonzo signing beyond him being Machado's brother-in-law, right? Uh, how does that? Uh, is it just that he and he and Abreu split first base and DH? Is it that simple? Do you think this means anything uh, for Abreu as he enters his walk year? Uh, what does it mean for Daniel Palka? Just just take it. Take me through the lineup now uh, with both of those guys in it. Yeah, what a credit to Daniel Palka, who was like a waiver claim, you know, last year in January. And now people are asking, what does an addition mean for Daniel Palka? Because he had such a great finish to the season. <clears throat> Rick Hahn told us in a recent conference call, we had a lot of conference calls with Rick of late, that, you know, Daniel Palka has worked very hard this offseason. Not that he didn't work hard the last offseason, but he said he's down to like his collegiate weight and he really wants to be a good defensive outfielder, you know, and, and he was better in left field. Than he was right field, but right now left field is pretty much you know Aloy Jimenez is for the next ten years at least the Sox hope. So yeah, it'll be interesting if they don't sign anyone else where Palka fits, or even if they do sign anyone else where Palka fits. Let's say they sign sign Harper, then what becomes of Daniel Palka? Because then you have you know Yonder Alonso and Jose Abreu at first. Now it works out well that those two are both very good friends. They know each other from even going back to their days. <clears throat> excuse me in Cuba and. It's interesting because neither one of them DHs. You know, I think Alonzo had has like, like four games in the last three years as a DH and otherwise played first base. And Abreu has spoken openly, very candidly, that he does not like to DH. But the way things are set up, even if they don't get either one, they're both going to have to adjust and kind of split time there. And I'll tell you what, we had Alonzo on a conference call yesterday, and he I, I don't know how much you talked to him in Cleveland, uh, Anthony, but he's a tremendous guy. Yeah. I mean, really upbeat and really forthright. And, you know, you kind of wonder going in, how much is he going to say about I – mean, we all know he's Manny's brother-in-law, so how much is he going to say about it? And he grabbed the bull by the horns and answered literally like – he probably had like 14 questions and seven were about you know his relationship to Manny, which is very good. And credit to him. Yeah. Credit to him for you know answering it forthright, answering it honestly, and just saying, yeah, we, we live two blocks away from each other in Miami. I'd love to live two blocks away from him in Chicago too. You know, So he seems like a really good guy, and I know – Sox fans are probably tired of hearing about the mentor types being brought in. Ivan Nova, James McCann, all that hasn't been officially announced as, as of this taping. Yonder Alonso, you know, James Shields before him. But they do help with young teams to have guys like that on the roster. And also guys who are capable on the roster. You know, you, you can't just have a mentor there just to kind of sit on the sidelines. Although I guess David Ross, although he played a decent amount, was kind of along those lines at the end of his career at the Cubs. But it helps. It helps the young guys to have these kind of veterans, these quality veterans in place. Yeah, we didn't mention the James McCann edition reported a one-year $2.5 million contract. Uh, you had that confirmed, Burke. And, uh, yeah, the, the White Sox love themselves some former Tigers catchers, huh? Yes, yes, Alex Avila before that. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, he's he's 
he had it off off year offensively last year, and his pitch framing is not great. But a good guy in handling the running game behind the plate, which they really haven't had in the past. And again, quality veteran guy, and I, you know, I think will benefit from probably a, a change to the White Sox. And as of now, is you know splitting time or should be the backup. I, I guess probably maybe more closer to a split with uh, Wellington Castillo, with of course two of their highly rated prospects, Sebi Zavala and Zach Collins. Zach Collins, a first round pick from a couple of years ago working behind the plate, you know, probably both at triple A Charlotte this year and maybe both seeing the majors at some point. It, it just all kind of depends on what happens with the two big guys and how they go forward and where they look at themselves as a team into that. Now they're not going to change things. They're not going to suddenly say, okay, now we have Harper or now we have Machado. Now we got to go for it. But I, I think there could be a little different view of the rebuild in terms of when guys arrive, if they make that move and put themselves, you know, into a competitive state. All right, good stuff as always from our man Scott Merkin. Good luck to the Bears in the playoffs. Happy holidays. We'll talk to you in the new year, buddy. Sounds good, Anthony. Happy holidays to all of you.